okay. We make declarations when we share God's message with unsaved people. We share his message in many different ways. For example, direct witnessing, evangelism, um, lifestyle, sharing testimonies, sharing about creation versus evolution. And there are many, many more ways to share God's message. In all of these ways, we believe, we as believers in Christ, make declarations uh, in relation to God's word and God's ways. When we declare, we are speaking prophetically into people's lives and although we would say that we are not prophets, God does use us in this way to get his message out. Let's read this passage. Um, okay. Yeah, hang on, this thing's in the way of... Oh, well, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, 14. Oh, well, yep. We'll start from Jesus' return. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where, Nazareth where he'd been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue as was a custom. He stood up to read and the, scroll, uh, and the scroll of the prophet was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has, set me, he has sent me to proclaim Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to him, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself and you will tell me. Do hear in your hometown what you have heard uh, that you did in Capernaum. Truly I say to you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years. And there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to pray for any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. 
Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon <coughs> and an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! Do you, What do you want with us? <coughs> what do you want with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. And then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All of the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Oh, thanks, Will. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. He bent over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Amen. I pray God adds his blessing to that reading and even as we <clears throat> as we study today the spirit only gives us victory but leads us and empowers us for service <clears throat> the text um, for Jesus message was in fact, uh, what I mean is when Jesus read out of the scroll, the text was Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. It describes what Jesus came to do <clears throat> and, that, and what he's still doing in lives today. The people in the synagogue, synagogue wanted a comforting sermon, not a convicting sermon. And when Jesus mentioned God's grace to the Gentiles, the people became angry and threw him out. They fortified his blessing because they rejected his word. In, uh, I just want to outline Jesus' ministry a little bit. In Nazareth, his boyhood town, Jesus regularly went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. There were two other things which he read and that he did regularly. He prayed regularly, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, and he made it a habit to teach others, Mark 10, 1. <clears throat> Mark 10, 1. Jesus, folks, Jesus was on a mission. And in this narrative, we see Jesus outlining his personal mission to the world as revealed by scripture and prophesied by him. <clears throat> I've got a, something in my throat. <clears> throat> it needs to go away. Um, so this account of Jesus appears in Luke chapter 4. This is at the beginning of his ministry. 
So far in Jesus' life, we see his birth. We see the preaching of John preparing the way. Jesus, we see Jesus' baptism and his temptation. And now, folks, we see the outline of his mission. Now, just digressing from the sermon for a minute, I want to ask, how is your Christian progression going in relation to the ministry that God has placed on your heart. That's something for you to think about and consider. I believe God places ministry on every single believer's heart. Let me define ministry for you. I define ministry as an outworking of your Christianity. Okay? An outworking of your Christianity. That's ministry. Mission is the vision you have to facilitate the outworking of your Christianity. Yes, we're going to go on a mission. And when we're on the mission, we're going to do ministry. That's how it works. So, well, we understand, I understand that your birth has happened just the way Jesus' birth has happened. Next, we see in Jesus' life, John preparing the way. Who has prepared the way for your ministry? For me, it was a bank manager called Bobby By, played football for Cooey, which is near Burnie in Tasmania, and he prepared the way for me, along with being raised in a Christian home. Who led you to Christ? Your pastor, your home group leader, the Bible, Jesus. And what about your baptism and all your temptation? Have you been baptised? Have you been tempted? Of course, these are all the same things that prepared Jesus also for his ministry. What is your ministry outline. We've read today what Jesus' ministry outline is. Do you have one? Have you thought about it? What will you do this week in your ministry or tomorrow? Or do you have a vision? Do you have a mission that every time you go to the supermarket, you're going to see if you're a witness to someone? Or every time you go to the footy, you're going to witness to someone? Or you know, I don't know what your mission is and how you affect your ministry. Maybe your mission is not evangelism. Maybe your mission is to go home and go through that big list of people that require intercessory prayer. Maybe that's your mission. Maybe you're not an evangelist. Or maybe your mission is pastoral care and you go home and through the week you call people. How are you going today? How's your walk with Jesus? I read this verse and it uplifted me. Do you want to pop around for a cuppa and a chat and a prayer? I don't know what your mission is and how your ministry will be outworked. But we need to have one. Coming to church is great. I'm so happy when there is a congregation to preach to. You know, it's good. 
I love it. It's horrible when you come here and there's nobody here. That's never happened. But it would be terrible, wouldn't it? I heard about a pastor somewhere a few years ago and he came to church. He was a new pastor and he came to church and no one was there. So he preached anyway and I think he preached for three weeks till someone turned up. And eventually his church grew to hundreds. Anyway. <clears throat> so Jesus' ministry, I want to talk now, we've talked about ministry outline, I want to talk about ministry outreach. So Jesus' ministry had far-reaching implications to the world. He came to deal with some of the enormous problems that have plagued mankind throughout history. And those problems, folks, still exist today. And praise God we are here to continue on the work that Christ had begun. Jesus came to deal with poverty, to preach the gospel to the poor. And I don't think it's just about people that don't have much money but there are also people that are poor in spirit. Jesus came to talk about sorrow, to touch people who are feeling sorrowful. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set free those who are in bondage, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Do you remember we read this in the passage? He came to touch the heart of those who are suffering. The recovery of sight to the blind. And it's not just about being physical blind. But some people, even though they're Christians, they can't see the forest for the trees. Jesus came to touch the heart of those who are oppressed. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And although this was in a nutshell an outline of Jesus' ministry, the people of Nazareth really didn't appreciate what the boy from Nazareth, the carpenter, was saying to them. These people were Jewish and they were looking at his ministry outline from a Jewish perspective. He said to them, I tell you the truth, a prophet is not accepted in his own hometown. Is that why I moved from Tasmania? <laughs> Never thought about it. Jesus understood where they were coming from and he used two Old Testament examples to further define exactly who he intended to minister to. Jesus cited two pointed incidences in the Old Testament where prophets of God were not appreciated by the people of Israel and so were sent to Gentiles. And there's another one, Jonah. He didn't preach to the Jewish people. He preached to Gentiles. When there was a great famine in Israel, Elijah was not sent to any Jewish widows, though there were plenty, but he was sent to a Gentile widow in Sidon. 
And although many lepers in Israel, although there were many lepers in Israel when Elisha was ministering, he was not sent to any of them. Instead, instead he was sent to the Gentile Naaman, captain, a captain of the Syrian army. Imagine the impact of Jesus' words on the Jewish minds. They must have got bent out of shape totally. They placed women and Gentiles and lepers at the very bottom of the social scale. Now, why do they want to throw him off the cliff? Maybe they weren't looking for a saviour for the world. Maybe they were looking for a saviour, a king for the Jewish people. Only. What he was saying was that Old Testament history was about to repeat itself. In spite of his miracles, he would be rejected, and not only by the city of Nazareth, but ultimately by the nation of Israel. His ministry was not just to the Jews, but he would also go to the Gentiles, just as Elijah and Elisha had done. The people of Nazareth understood exactly what he meant. They were infuriated by the mere suggestion of favour being showed to Gentiles. So what's your ministry outline? Are you going to preach the gospel to the poor or to heal the brokenhearted? Maybe you're going to proclaim liberty to the captives or recover of sight to the blind or set at liberty those who are oppressed. Who are you going to reach for Jesus? Who, what have you thought about in respect to your plan of attack? Is there more to Christianity than just coming to church? The answer is yes. The Spirit not only gives us victory, but leads us and empowers us for service. It's great to say, Lord, take away my headache, heal my cancer, take away my diabetes, whatever it might be, that's great. That's personal. That's you and God. But there is more to Christianity about me and God. There is work to do. I would like to speak into your lives today and see you empowered for the work of the Lord, empowered to carry out the areas of ministry that have been laid on your heart and the role of the Holy Spirit in both your life and in your areas of ministry. We talked about a plan of attack and reaching people for Jesus and discussing that there is more to Christianity than just church. Folks, coming to church will not get you into heaven. We actually have to do stuff. I'm not saying you have to do works to get to heaven. Don't get me wrong. 
But it's not just about accepting Jesus and saying, okay, that's it, I'm going to heaven. I'll get on with the rest of my life. When Jesus walked the earth, he was both fully divine and fully human. And when Jesus ministered, he did not use his divine power. He relied, like us, on the Holy Spirit. And we know that because when he came up out of the waters of baptism, the Spirit descended upon him, folks, like a dove. And what did the Father say? This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. You see, there's the Trinity right there. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is good news for us today because it means that we can also rely on the same Holy Spirit to perform ministries and missions, folks, that are laid on our heart. We need to have a look at the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Christ and how we can be directed by the one and the same Spirit in relation to our own life and ministry. And that would be a very good study to look at the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Christ then draw applications from that to the role of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. That's a sermon for another day. It's here. But that's enough for today. We're going to close. I'm not going to have an altar call today, but I am going to pray for everybody. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and Father, I bring my whole church congregation to you, those that are here and those that are not present with us today. We gather them all up today, Lord, and we place them into your presence. And it's my prayer today, Lord, that you'll take Waddle City Church, Lord, as a church as a group, as a body, and take us also, Lord, as individuals and individual Christians. Place within us, Lord, a greater anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, place within us, Lord, the opportunities to express freedom in our Christianity. Lord, place within us opportunities, divine opportunities, Lord, for us to perform our ministries, to use the giftings that we have. And I pray, Lord, that you will increase the power and the outworkings of the giftings that we have. Make us strong, Lord. Let us wear the armour of God and let us take that sword and wield it and show the world 
that we belong to Jesus and that they also should. We pray, Lord, for a greater anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon each person today, Lord. Fill us and touch us, Lord, from our head, Lord, to our very toes, every part of our being. Lord, let us be fully immersed and baptised in the Holy Spirit on the outside of us and on the inside. Fill our hearts and our minds, our souls, our spirits, Lord, afresh and anew, Lord, with a greater anointing of the Holy Spirit. May you come upon us today, Lord, in, in power and in greater presence. And Lord, may we experience a greater outworking, Lord, of our Christianity that we have never experienced before. Show us the way forward, Lord, for all of those who are apostolic and and uh, prophetic, pastoral, evangel- evangelical, and, um, and those of us that are teachers. Help us, Lord, with all of these giftings of the um, apostolic calling, and Lord, and all of the other giftings that we have, Lord, that we can use to further your kingdom, to advance your kingdom. Lord, in this sad and sorry world, Lord, if nobody shares Christianity, Nobody will share Christianity except for those of us that belong to you. Lead us, guide us, direct our paths. Help us to sow the seed, Lord, and even prepare the soil before the seed is sown. We pray your presence, your anointing upon us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.